everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And welcome to season four oh, of shit. the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. Whoa. This is now the fourth season we've done this. Hard to believe. How many weeks have we missed? We've only missed like maybe three or four in the yeah. whole run of, of those four years. Something like that. And then when we have bonus shows, I know season three had like 59 episodes or something like that. Oh, wow. So, uh, that. yeah, we, we, we did more than enough, I think, to make up for those couple off weeks. So we've done like at least 150 episodes. You're telling me we have done in total 175 episodes. This is number 176. That's uh wow. Yeah. If we add all this up and then combine it all and we can see how much of our life we spent on this show. That'll be hey. fun and not existential at all. Look, I wouldn't have it any other way, boys. I love you guys very much. Yeah. yeah and to to jump in front of this one too, if Matt sounds a little weird, Matt, what exactly are you doing right now? I am eating at McDonald's while driving and recording the podcast. Yeah. Uh that's the kind of energy we're bringing to season four. <laughs> Of yeah. the GTPDD podcast. We at least have to have one person eating at all times. And they did not mm-hmm. put any fucking mayo on my sandwich. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's, that's Matt's one thing. If you've learned anything throughout the past three years. I explicitly said only mayo. I'm only mayo. They, I'm surprised they didn't just spray the mayo in the wrapper and give it to me. Would you have preferred that? <laughs> Just like pull the mayo gun up to the window and just shoot you through the window of your car with mayo. I don't want to live in a. I'm not comfortable living in a world where the drive-through man sprays mayo out of his gun into my face. Yeah, don't worry. We're not turning into that kind of show. Instead, Thank we're here God. to preview the 2022 football season. We've spent some episodes over the past few weeks looking at this team and looking at the schedule, but now it's time to put it all together do one big preview of the season and then do some predictions as well. I'm, I'm excited guys. I'm really excited for this year. Well, much like, uh, this season, I have no idea how this episode's going to go. Um, yep. it's going well so far. The, yeah. <laughs> one man's to the listeners to disappoint. decide. <laughs> um, but you know, you said it's time to put it all together. That's all that I can hope for this season is that by some point before it ends in November or December, the team has put it all together. Uh, I think that's that's what I'm hoping for. We must temper our expectations in lieu of the events that have unfolded. Certainly. The events being the coaching change, or are there other events that I'm not aware of? That the transfers in, the transfers out. It's a it's like a. A major, I can't say turning point because we don't know how good we're going to be or bad, but it's definitely a major transitional point in the history of our program. I mean, Skip, in spite of all the one-point losses and bubble screens, had a very successful time at Tech, and now we're moving on to someone who I think is going to lead us to, uh, I hope, leads us to greater heights. But yeah, there are a lot of question marks, like Evan said. We don't know what's going to happen. One of those big question marks on the field. I mean, we have one on the sideline in the terms of the new coach, but I mean, who's going to be leading the team out of the huddle on offense is really the big question mark at this point. And really what we have, we have Matt Downing and Parker McNeil, the two transfers, each bringing a little bit different to this game. And then we have Landry Liddy waiting in the wings, I guess waiting for one or both of them to to make a miscue. But that's what I'm really curious to see is one who goes out there day one who starts when we're all sitting in that stadium in Columbia, Missouri, and then 
are they able to put it together and lead a successful offense? It doesn't matter how good the scheme is, especially in a pass-heavy offense, if you don't have a good quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, just to speak generally, the reports out of fall camp are that really no guy has kind of taken the reins and become the starting quarterback as of now. We're, I guess, about halfway through fall camp. The team will start doing prep work for the Missouri game soon, so... Uh, I don't know that Coach Cumbie is going to, you know, like name a starter officially before they start prepping for Mizzou. But at that point, you know, if you're reading these practice reports, you'll see, okay, this guy's, you know, been the first guy out with the ones all week. So he's probably the starter, but they play close to the vest. Yeah. uh, And I think that's smart, but it, it also hasn't been the most inspiring to read these reports coming out of camp no, uh, and, and i'll leave it at that but it, it's i think quarterback's the biggest question mark on this team and and if one of these guys can step up whether it's downing mcneil or liddy you know uh, or jack abraham you know coming back with uh shaving off his mustache i guess but uh <laughs> back jabraham yeah <laughs> Uh, but if one of those guys can step up, you know, this team, this team might be a, a, a bowl caliber team, but I, I highly I don't, doubt that. Yeah. I, I don't know though. That. Like if that's, if that's even remotely within the realm of possibility for, 12 for and 0, 15 and 0 national champions. Yeah, hey. that, that seems like a bit of a stretch maybe, but uh, that's what year two is for. Yeah. Year two is for the 15 and 0. Yeah. And then, then we just never lose again until the heat death of the universe which is caused by just the excitement and rust and causing a spark that lights the universe on fire. But uh, for now, though, uh, to, to preview a little bit about what's coming out this week, we're about to start pushing out a bunch of content as the season comes to an open. That's what you say, right? Uh, yeah. I have a post up in a couple of days talking about, or possibly the day this comes out, we haven't really figured that out yet, about what programs look like when a new coach takes over and how many wins those programs typically get the next year. And honestly, even for a team that's only won three games and has as much coming back as tech does, it's not impossible for tech to get to six wins. So that's backed up by the data of what, what exactly your article looks at conference USA first year coaches, right? Yes. So coaches have taken over in the past uh, few decades, getting to six wins is not unachievable. It's not a guarantee either, but it's not like it hasn't been done. So, I mean, there are stakes to this year more than just can we find a quarterback and can we get this team on the right track? Getting to a bowl game is not as hard as it sounds, and it's definitely not as hard as it was back in the 90s and early 2000s when uh, there were fewer bowls and fewer tie-ins for schools like Tech. So not to jump the gun too much, but I don't think it's impossible. But again, the quarterback is going to be the position we need the most amount of success out of uh, from the player group that we're I don't want to say not confident in, but just don't know what what we're going to get from them. Um, One question I have for y'all, just in terms of what we think, do we think that if whoever starts game one, let's say it's uh, Parker McNeil, do we think that he will start the rest of the year? No, Uh, I mean, barring injury, but do we think we swap out quarterbacks at one point? No, I think definitely. I I don't even think that that's a question. I think it's a form. It's not even a question. There's definitely going to be some shuffling at quarterback. Whoever ends up starting week one, it's either going to be McNeil or who's the other fellow's name? I always fuck it up. What's his name? Downing. Yeah, Downing. Uh, Downing or McNeil is definitely going to be week one starter. I don't think Liddy's in contention whatsoever now. But if the season unfolds the way I think it will and doesn't go necessarily very well, I definitely think you're going to see all three guys take some snaps. And by the end of the year, one is going to pull away as the unquestionable starter. 
Now, Downing and McNeil, they only have, is this their last year of eligibility for both or? I think McNeil has one more year left uh, after this. So if I'm, I could be wrong though. Let me check. And this is Downing's last year, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I said this before, uh, we talked in the chat, I think yesterday, uh, I don't think you necessarily hand the keys over to the guy with the most experience. Um, but I do think that that's probably what's going to happen in week one. As the season unfolds, though, no question about it. There's definitely going to be some quarterback shuffling. Uh, okay, no, we had it backwards. Matthew Downing is a redshirt junior. Parker McNeil is a redshirt senior. Right. Um, and then other quarterbacks on the roster, Landry Liddy, obviously true freshman. Jack Turner, a sophomore out of Navarro JC, is um, another guy in that room. And then Lonnie Ratliff the fourth um freshman from duluth georgia who whose name i don't know if i've ever heard also andrew brister i wonder if he's related to the the smokehouse folks but um well i wanted to say say this too there's a new rule with you know certain with players that i think what they can they can play three games and still have a red shirt here yeah four yeah so four games so i mean that's a third of the season for goodness sake so yeah i mean uh I personally would love to see, you know, whether we're whether we're six and six, eight and four, four and eight, whatever. I would love to see Landry Liddy get into four games, you know, whether we're being blown out or blowing someone out, uh, just get into four games, get some experience. But I would also love it if he were not called on to be the guy this year, because that would mean to me that, we that have a, the other two guys are, are are doing well enough to where we're not going to call on the true freshman, you know, kind of viewed as the future of the program. Yeah. So Nathan, to answer your original question, I don't think there's any way that we make it even through the Missouri game without two different quarterbacks taking snaps. Wow. Um, I, I think, I think it's going to be close and Cumbie's going to decide who starts. Obviously someone has to start, but it would not surprise me to to have certain packages run with Downing, certain packages run with McNeil. Maybe it's Downing takes the first quarter, and then if it's not going well, McNeil gets a shot on a couple drives, and we see what happens. I, I treat it kind of like NFL preseason in a way. I, I don't know, but um, I think the door's open to anything, honestly. Yeah, and and obviously we don't know. You know, we've listened to Cumbie in interviews. We've sort of seen how how the ch- the changes in how he runs practice versus how Skip runs practice. But we don't know anything about him as a decision maker in game. So, you know, with with Skip, I don't think this would be a question. I think there's no way Liddy's going to start, even if he's you know slightly better than the other two guys. It would be oh well, these guys are seniors. They've paid their time, you know. But we don't know if Cumbie's like that or not, right? So. It wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, week week three, week four, maybe start a conference play to say, hey, you know what? We're one and three right now. We're we're oh and four right now. Let's just put Liddy in and see what happens. You know? Yeah, sure. I think my thoughts almost more the opposite. I, I agree with the part about Missouri and we'll, we may see some a little bit of both since neither has seemed to stand out in camp between Downing and McNeil. But I think once you get to week three or four, you have one guy who or possibly even week two. Uh, you just have this is our guy and I don't think they'll do poorly enough that we'll have to to swap between them anymore Um, and that may just be optimism because I feel like every time you're going through a quarterback swap back and forth neither gets momentum and you end up in situations that pretty much every season that we have to complain about Skip Holtz it was because of some sort of quarterback back and forth a guy that's good enough that we can stick with I think matters more than having the best sure 
But I mean, outside of quarterbacks, though, because that's that's a bit talking about the gunslingers. Is there another position group that you're really yes. excited to see this upcoming yes. year? 125%. The most exciting thing to me is going to be seeing who emerges out of the backfield. I'm, I'm really, really uh, amped up to see uh, what kind of uh, production we're going to get out of our running game. Now, Cumbie, I'm pretty sure it's – I don't think it's traditionally called – I don't really think he's ever run an air raid. I could be way off on that. I think it's a variation of it. But it's pretty balanced, to be honest. I think yeah, it's like kind of what, 52% kind of what pass to 48% run, right? It, it's not – it's yeah, nothing – yeah. Well, I think uh, uh, some of us, myself included – Kind of thought, oh, Cumby, Texas Tech, air raid offense, 98% pass. But uh, when I've done my research on how he ran the offense at TCU and at Texas Tech, it really wasn't like that. However, uh, the question was, what position am I excited about? Definitely the halfback. Uh, one player I'm definitely super excited about is Greg Garner. I thought he was great when he got chances last year. So that's kind of my guy that I, I'm most excited to watch play and at the position that I'm most excited to watch. Now, Greg Garner last year only appeared in eight games, ran the ball 54 times for 216 yards. I mean, that's a respectable amount given the the few touches he had compared to Marcus Williams Jr. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, Greg Garner, he was a great change of pace back last year uh, when we saw him. Yeah, I love but, watching that kid run. Yeah, but I mean, we have Harlan Dixon in the wings that Evan and I won't ever shut up about. Or Keon Henry Brooks, who I was really happy for last year, um, transferring in and then uh, kind of riding the sideline for a bit. Maybe he's able to get some some touches then we have a couple i mean new-ish guys at least yeah and i mean just to to kind of touch on on some of these guys i mean um i saw i saw some stuff on twitter from the uh scrimmage from last saturday that said this guy charvis thornton who's a redshirt sophomore out of baton rouge uh that he was running with some with some steam and um marquise crosby as well redshirt freshman from hattiesburg there's a lot of names in this room that maybe we weren't thinking about you know, in the off season and we, you know, I think Greg Garner's probably the, the guy who's going to be the every down back. Um, but you know, obviously Keon Henry Brooks, we're excited for, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, Harlan Dixon, we probably talked about more than anyone else. Who's only had like five career carries or whatever, but yeah, you know, he's, he's from the, uh, from the high school alma mater here. So we gotta, we gotta represent, but it's, it's 34 carries to be fair. Okay. Well, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Matt, this is an exciting room, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of these guys, you know, Nathan always likes to pick against the grain and say, like, oh, the leading running back this year is going to be some guy that we've never heard of before. And it it would absolutely not surprise me from what I'm hearing uh, if one of these guys like Charvis Thornton or Marquise Crosby steps up and is kind of the the every down back that we've been missing out on uh, really since Boston Scott had his great year. Well, the cool thing is, is if you have a three-headed or even four-headed dog, pun intended, uh, back in the in the in the backfield, that's excellent. So if Tex, yeah. if the passing offense isn't there, uh, obviously you can't run it every down. But being able to exchange backs and have maybe an elusive back, a power back, third down back, whatever, that's pretty. Oh yeah, pretty damn great. Yeah, and and I'll I'll go next and say. On offense, anyway, I am very excited about the wide receiver group. I feel like I say this every year. Uh, we did lose our our boy Bub, um, transferred out, but Trey Harris coming back after I believe leading the team last year, um, uh, forty receptions last season for five hundred and sixty-two yards, only four touchdowns. But 
you know, he, he showed that he can be a real threat on the outside. And I think that he's got you know, breakout, he, he's got breakout year yeah. potential. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, some of the other guys, uh, Kyle Maxwell had a, had a pretty good and like sneaky freshman year last year. Yeah. Obviously smoke Harris on the inside as well. Excited to see what he can do in this new, you know, sort of quicker offensive pace. Like, you know, there's going to be a lot more short and intermediate range passing. And that just, that just screams smoke Harris to me, right? Like uh, we all remember that short pass he took to the house against BYU in 2020. Right. Oh, yes. So you know, when this guy gets into into open space, you know, he can make things happen, even if the quarterback's not really doing well, you know, that and we got we got our boy uh, Troy Edwards's son, True Edwards. Um, okay, this I did not know. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah. talked about this a little bit because we play yeah. Nebraska next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So True Edwards, redshirt junior transferring in from Hawaii and then Navarro Community College. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of promise in this group. And again, it's one of those groups where there's a lot of names here. Fans aren't going to be familiar with here on August 17th when this episode comes out, but you know, would not surprise me at all if by, you know, October 1st, we're all like, oh man, where did, where did Matthew McAllister come from? You know, like (laughs) so it, it really could be a, a breakout year for any number of these guys. Yeah, and I'll just go ahead and round out the rest of the offensive units because I'm I'm really excited to see what this offensive line is able to do after last year it being such a disappointment. Are they able to turn it around this year? Because we have some returning guys who have some experience and hopefully the experience pays off, um, new coaching and everything else with that too. But we have the center that started all 12 games last year and Abraham Delphin. We, we have a tackle that had some starting experience last year in Dakota White. Uh, we have another tackle in Byron Rossell who appeared in 11 games last year, including eight starts. Uh, We have at guard Joshua Moat, who's the Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022. (laughs) Also started all 12 games last year. I mean, at at minimum, you can say you know he'll put in the work for it. And then uh, just to add to it, we have a transfer from Memphis. Played four seasons with the Memphis Tigers, including 18 starts and 34 games. And Isaac Ellis, another guard. And so, I mean, that unit right there isn't guaranteed to be great. I mean, those are guys who have experience and guys are that are returning, plus the transfer uh, that could add up to being a very good unit, but we weren't good last year. So are we able to have some uh, coaching help out with that? And just will another year make us another year wiser? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think I think this is another key to the offense. Obviously, Nathan is can these guys sort of turn it around, like you said, I do think the scheme of Cumby will help a little bit because it's a lot more predicated on like quick reads, whereas Skip's offense was was oh more uh, <laughs> Skip's offense was more you know delay handoffs and play action based and you know sort of seven step drop right and so delayed handoff in the end zone out of shotgun yeah ex- exactly right <laughs> some some interesting uh, shall we say. Um. Uh, maddening decisions at times. So, yeah, I I mean, I hope that the combination of experience and, you know, sort of being in this new system will allow these three quarterbacks and running and the running backs Matt's excited about to have time to, you know, tear it up happen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's move over to defense then, because that's the other side of the ball. Any unit over here that you're particularly excited to view in 2022. My favorite part about defense 
uh, is definitely the uh, the performance in the secondary. That's the part of the field that I like watching the most on defense is the safeties in the corners. I don't know what kind of guys we have, like yeah. I said, but that's my favorite part to watch. So that's the one I'm going to have my eyes on most. Well, yeah, I mean, just to, to fill in the blanks here with some names for you, Matt, <clears throat> we got the two transfers at cornerback from SFA uh, coming in with defensive coordinator uh, Scott Power and Miles Brooks and Willie Roberts. Those guys probably going to be your day one starters, but then you got a, a returner in Cedric Woods, who was great in his true freshman year and didn't have as great of a year last season. But just to be real honest and, you know, maybe, you know, kick a guy when he's down. But uh, the defensive coordinator last year, I've heard either that he just did not care or that he did not know what he was doing. I don't know what's worse. Um <laughs> yeah. So David Blackwell, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, but we got a new defensive coordinator. Now optimism about the defense seems to be really high um, from people who are watching these practices and, you know, at, at the safety position, you got guys coming back like BJ Williamson, Jaden Cole. So these are names that you'll be familiar with. Sure. Uh, BJ Williamson, kind of a ball hawking guy, pretty smart player back there. Um, also waiting in the wings, you got miles Mason, the transfer from Arkansas who came in last season, um, as well as Christian Archangel who, who had a, a lot of reps on special teams last year, but hopefully will be able to make an impact at cornerback. So I think the secondary is going to be a really strong group, uh, next, next year. I think that's probably who I would pick as my, like, you know, strongest unit on this defense. Um, but for me, God, I love pass rush, man. It is so fun when, and it's been a, it's been a couple years since tech has had that disruptive force in the backfield. Um, you know, last year, like I said, didn't, didn't really have much of anything defensively. It felt like at times, but, um, you know, some of these names have made uh, an impact or, you know, maybe need to step up and, and fill in the shoes that they, they didn't fill in last season. Um, but Deshaun Hall, Kiwi Rose, Rashid Wiles, I mean, uh, Kershawn Fisher, like these are all guys that are still pretty young, I think. Yeah, Deshaun Hall is a junior and Michael Clark is a redshirt sophomore. So they definitely have time to come into their own. I mean, I'm really thinking Deshaun Hall is going to be that name by the end of the year. Yeah. And I mean, line. if you look at like, if you look at like Ferguson's career, right? Like he, he started playing late in his freshman year and then he just took the reins in his sophomore year. So you know, that could be one of these guys. And I'm not saying they're going to end up being the greatest, you know, def- like pass rusher in college football history, like Jalen Ferguson you just uh, did. But I-, I think that, like you said, Nathan, there's time for these guys to grow into their system. And I, I don't know what kind of defense Scott Power calls, but, you know, last season, it seemed like what Blackwell was trying to accomplish was get in with pass rush alone from your from your front four or your front three and just sit back and you know basically if you don't have a pass rush the quarterback's going to be able to pick you apart and that's kind of what we saw last season and yeah I mean I I, I don't think that's how Scott Power is going to call this defense I think there will be a lot more scheming a lot more blitz packages and well, I'm excited to see what these guys up front, these these trench guys can get done when there's a linebacker joining them or a cornerback joining them on a blitz, you know? It should be uh, noted that uh, Coach Power is also uh, the linebacker's coach as well. Uh, so 
that could end up, I don't know if I'm setting Nathan up here, but uh, that could end up being a, a particular point of emphasis on this team. And something else about Coach Power, I, I know that when he took over at SFA, he took a defense that was really, really bad and uh, turned them into, i fairly certain, like a top 20 defense in the nation in FCS. Yeah. So bring that to the table, Scott. And I think, I think you'll, uh, I think that the, uh, the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit seems to be the case for Tyler Grubbs, the one linebacker that I think we all know the name of on this team uh, and led the team in tackles the last two years. Uh, really? I mean, that's why I have my eye on the linebacking core is because who's going to be the other linebacker or two, depending on what scheme we're in. Mackie carabin has been a guy who I've talked about, but I realize I think I just like his name. He hasn't done yeah. as much on the field. I mean, you got Hugh Davis, the transfer from Boston College, right? I mean, I, I think yeah. that's an exciting uh, prospect. Looks like a big old dude, uh, sort of a, you know, what you would imagine a linebacker looks like <laughs> if you could imagine one. <laughs> also, I feel like people just aren't named Hugh anymore, you know? So, like, a, shout out Hugh. Fantastic name. Yeah. Was his last name Jass? <laughs> yes. Hugh Jass? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a great classic Simpsons joke right there. Yeah. Anyway, so we've kind of gone through those units a little bit. Uh, offensive defense. I want you right now to pick who you think the player of the year will be in both of these units. Oh God! <laughs> right, right now, now. shot. All right. Who's going De- first? Defense is definitely going to be Grubbs. It's his defense. Uh, he's the guy with the sticker on the back of his helmet. Uh, so definitely Grubbs on defense. On offense, I'm giving it to Smoke. Okay. Yeah. I mean, his, that's... I mean, his his name is Smoke. That's that's true. His Christian name. And this and this is if there if this is the type of offense where he's just the guy like Tyree Kill for the Chiefs, now the Dolphins, or yeah. just the guy, the playmaker. You know that that's why he should be wearing number ten, like in soccer. The the playmaker wears ten, so that's my guy in offense. Right, speaking of smoke, real quick, I'm just mad that Louisiana hasn't legalized recreational weed yet, so that he can't do a Dakotas Crawford at Nebraska and be uh, the yeah. NIL spokesperson for a weed company. With a name like Smoke, it's going to waste. But, but, yeah, big There's time. plenty of like CBD companies he could get that's in fair, with. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, Nathan, you want to go next, or you want me to go <laughs> next? Uh, you can go next. All right. I think defense. I'm going to go with Miles Brooks, the cornerback transfer from SFA. I think this guy is going to be, you know, potentially the next NFL draft pick off of this defense. And he is a junior. So he's he's got, you know, a year in this system this year. And maybe next year is his sort of breakout shutdown year. But Miles Brooks, I think, is a real candidate to to come in and shake things up right away and be that sort of lockdown corner that, you know, we had with a meek, you know, again, not, not saying he'll be the same as a meek, but you know, we, we need that guy who's able to pair up with the top wide receiver on the other team and make, you know, really take them out of the game. Um, and I think he can step up and, and be that guy after what I've seen from him from SFA, um, offensively. I mean, Matt picked smoke Harris. I already saw oh, no. I already sang Trey Harris's praises. Sang? Sung? I don't know. One of them. Whatever. Uh, But I'm going to go with the guy you praised a lot earlier, Matt, and Greg Garner. I think he's going to be that every down back. And um, 
I really think if the quarterbacks are struggling, that's what we're going to need. You know, hopefully the quarterbacks can get enough done to where the run game is still, you know, still viable. But I think Greg Garner's going to be a thousand yard back this season. I'm hoping for 15. Woo. That would put him in. That would put him in top seasons in tech history uh, territory. Yeah, there, it would. Great yeah, play. So Al on defense. I talked about him a little bit ago, but Deshaun Hall last year, Tech's leading sacker. Uh, yeah, so three and a half sacks by Ben Bell last year led the team. I think that Deshaun Hall will be the MVP because he'll have thirteen and a half. Uh, that's that's my called shot on defense and on offense. I think uh, Griffin Abair uh, and his newfound tight end ish role. I think the quick slant or whatever we want to call them offense that we may see where you make the decision to, where to throw before the plays or the ball is snapped. I think that will help with a bear having a big body that you can target or maybe a, a second check down or something like that. I think he's able to get more involved this year and he ends up leading the team and receiving. Who, who did you say? Sorry. I was, I was too busy being disgusted by the fact that the bell brothers transferred to Texas state. Yeah. <laughs> Griffin a bear on offense. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think that he's shown talent in the past. I think Skip didn't know how to use him, and I think that Coach Cumbie will. Yeah, I mean, I think you know a lot will be determined by how Cumbie calls this offense, right? Yeah, I mean that's what we'll have to wait to see Thursday, September first, when Tech faces off against Missouri. Uh, we already went down this schedule once, but to do a really quick recap, Tech opens up at Missouri, then at home against the FCS Stephen F. Austin at Clemson, at South Alabama, then a bye, and then we get into conference play. Home versus UTEP, at North Texas, home versus Rice for homecoming, at FIU in Miami, home versus Middle Tennessee State, two away games in a row at UTSA and at Charlotte, and then the home closer the weekend after Thanksgiving against UAB at Joe IA Stadium. So 12 games played this year. We have an SEC opponent in Clemson. Uh, but then also, I mean, Conference USA, which has some good teams, has some really bad teams like normal. Record-wise, so not game by game, but right now record-wise, what do you think is the best and worst case scenario with the schedule that we have? Best case, 7-5. and five. Worst case, 0-12. Oh I don't see 0-12, oh but... Well, I, did, I, I haven't seen a lot of things in my life, and yet they still seem to keep happening. So, uh, yeah, the worst Fair case, enough. worst case, 0-12. Oh uh, best case, I'm thinking. I, I I feel a strong seven and five. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I mean, God, I think there is a worst case scenario where we could potentially not win a game. I mean, Stephen F. Austin is the tenth ranked FCS team in the country right now, so that's not a that's not a gimme with a new coaching staff playing for the first time at home. You know, after potentially getting blown out on the road at an SEC team to start things out, right? Like. There will still be a lot to figure out on September 10th. Um, I don't know. I I think I think my realistic worst case would be like two and ten. I'll say with a win over uh, FIU, and then we'd have to beat one of the other teams that's kind of in the doldrums race. Um, you know, maybe you pick up the FCS win, maybe South Alabama, right? But but just not being able to put it together enough against all of those teams to win to be like four and eight as my, as my floor. So I think two and 10 is my floor. Um, yeah, just the gut says seven and five is probably right as well, Matt, for best case. I mean, I don't see us beating UAB, UTSA, uh, Clemson, Missouri. So there's, there's four losses right there and just dropping one more against the North Texas or, 
you know, Charlotte on the road after sandwiched between UTSA and UAB. Like I could definitely see that. Uh, so I think seven and five is, is kind of the best case here for me as well. I'll go actually a little more extreme on both ends. I think one and 11 is the best case. Uh, I mean, not, Oh my God. Best case. Oh, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Nathan, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Worst, worst case. We canceled the program. My uh, God. Worst oh, God. case, worst case. We pull UAB and win several championships afterwards. So it's all good. Worst case is one and 11. Uh, not that that one is the FCS program, but I think like just pure luck will end up with a win, even if we're awful at some point on the season schedule. Some other team will have a baffling conference right. loss to us. Um, yeah. But best case scenario, I mean, there, there are four losses I see on the schedule. Like you said, Evan, Missouri, Clemson, UTSA, UAB. But I can also see somehow upsetting either UTSA or UAB, even if we're not great. Uh, just end of the year <clears> against <throat> UAB, weird things happen after Thanksgiving. So I I think eight and four as a, as a best case scenario. I have to check to make sure I'm saying the right one now. Uh, even though that's that's four losses right there, I can see us like dropping the game to UTEP, but beating UAB or something like that, just because football's weird and not always does the best team win. So that that's my best and worst case scenarios. But now on to the final round, Matt, game by game, or at least name the wins or losses. What is your final prediction? Uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I, I six, uh, I, I, man, what do I really think we're going to go five and seven feels pretty good. I think we're going to exceed our expectations a little bit, but not enough to where we're as great as we'd like to be. So looking at the schedule, uh, Mizzou, I don't see, I don't see tech winning that game. SFA. I feel like that's going to be a victory. Clemson, not a chance. South Alabama. Yes. Uh, UTEP, uh, probably not. Uh, I feel like we, we will beat North Texas, uh, will beat Rice, will beat FIU. So I think a three-game win streak is going to happen. Five and three there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not going to beat Middle Tennessee, not going to beat UTSA. Uh, Did you just talk yourself into a bowl team, sir? Yeah. yeah I might have. Uh, <laughs> you also have, really hate us at home. UTEP and Middle are both at yeah. home. Uh Beat Charlotte, lose to UAB. So I guess after really looking at this, I guess I'm I guess I'm saying six and six. Six (laughs) and six. All right. Uh yeah, I I mean, I don't know if I agree exactly, but I think I'm just gonna work through this and we'll see what happens, just like you just did, Matt. (laughs) Sure. Uh yeah, I think I think Mizzou and Clemson are losses. SFA, I you know, I said they're the number ten team in the nation. They just lost their two best defensive players, probably, and their defensive coordinator. So hopefully in week two, they still haven't recovered enough um, to, you know, and figured things out enough. And we can we can sort of run all over them, pass all over them. So South Alabama, I got to pick as a win, you know, just to get that win over over the in-laws, you know. Uh, So going into conference play two and two, really blank slate. Anything can happen, right? I'll flip flop you, Matt, and say we beat UTEP at home. We lose to North Texas on the road just because I got to got to have my wedding day end up with a win there at uh, versus UTEP. We'll beat Rice and FIU. So nice little two game um, entree there in the middle of the season. I think I think we beat MTSU as well and then lose to UTSA and UAB. But yeah, so I, I say we beat SFA, South Alabama, UTEP. Rice, FIU, MTSU, and Charlotte. So That's I seven. That is seven. That is insane, and I feel dumb for saying it. But let's go. Seven and yeah. five, baby. Yeah, be prepared to feel 
dumber when I'm the one that gets the right win total of seven, but doing the different games. I think we beat uh, Stephen F. Austin, but I think we lose to Missouri Clemson and also South Alabama. I think that's a loss on the road in Mobile. But then we beat UTEP, lose to North Texas, beat Rice, beat FIU, beat Middle, lose to UTSA, but then end the game, end the season or the regular season, at least on a two game winning streak with wins at Charlotte and then home against UAB. And maybe I'm just trying to will that one into actually happening. But yeah, that's seven and five. That's bull eligibility, baby. And yeah, that's what I see happening. Can't wait for my daughter to be born seven pounds, five ounces. Hey, there we go. Did we all predict? No, Matt, you (laughs) predicted six and six, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. (laughs) So we all have us being a bowl team, even though we're sitting here saying like we shouldn't expect anything. Sure, I'm expecting a lot. I just don't want everyone. I don't want people to be mad at me when we're not. Yeah, and the team could still be dog shit and win no games. Yeah, that's the fun of it all. Yeah, you never know. Any given Saturday or Thursday, we could be dog shit and lose. I don't think that's how the saying goes. (laughs) I don't know. I've never actually heard the saying finished, so that could be the rest of it. I guess so. Anyway, yeah. So that's our season preview. We'll have a post up on the blog, uh, talking a little bit more and asking some more questions, and maybe getting some answers from some guys that couldn't be on the show tonight. And you can check all that out at gtpdd.dogs nothing because it's on the main page. Anyway, <laughs> before we do the rest of the wrap up, Evan, what's this week's tweet of the week? Yeah, we're going to we're going to go ahead and give it to someone who just quote tweeted uh, one of our tweets. Uh, Daniel Altman at Daniel Altman quote tweeted Nathan, you make these little podcast snippets to post out on Twitter. And the snippet from last week's show was about Jack Abraham, um, you know, wearing a mustache and <laughs> and starting against tech uh, as some guy with another name. And so Daniel Altman went ahead and did a pretty funny uh, Photoshop of Brady Cook, the, the quarterback who was actually named the starter uh, for Missouri. Uh, and just just Microsoft painted a uh, uh, mustache on onto the. It's the, the Microsoft picture. paint that does it for me. Yeah, you could oh, yeah. go get a clipboard of a mustache, but no, you drew it on there. <laughs> yeah, the so that is uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, didn't get the respect it deserved. Only one retweet, which was us, and then two likes. But uh, but we don't care about that. We care about what's what makes us laugh the most. So, uh, congrats to Daniel for that one. Well, then that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog where we'll have a couple of posts out this week and maybe some more next week uh, previewing the season and just kind of getting prepared for football season. That's at gtpdd.dog. While you're there, you can get the shirt of the month. This month's shirt of the month for August is a Noble Trees themed shirt. Uh, nice and blue if you you know you need a blue shirt to wear to a football game might as well be that one gtpdd.dog slash shop uh, also just because i never remember to do this if you want to review us on apple itunes what apple podcasts or spotify or whatever you know that that'd be fun uh make, yeah, make me feel sure. better we have 4.9 stars on apple right now that's that's kind of cool who the fuck gave us a bad review i, oh, I want right? to read this actually actually i do want to read this I want to read our bad review. Do we really have a bad review? We have a three-star review. Actually, if you leave a a review and it's it's funny, we'll read it. How about that? Because that's something fun to do. That's Uh, something a podcast to do. November 7th, 2021, the user Chase Loves Lindsay. Uh, The title of it is This Thinking Podcast Title Was Prophetic. 
And the, the text says, you guys begged for tech, please not to die. Well, after having the stinking conference after half what they said have, but they meant half the stinking conference left for the AAC. Looks like we are definitely and then on all caps dead. And then a frowny face. Apparently, we're just too good at our jobs, and that deserves a three-star review. Wow. I love that it's three-star. It's not like he hates the podcast. <laughs> He's like, middling. you know, this podcast is all right, but yeah. I still feel compelled to blame them for Louisiana Tech not getting into the AAC. Uh, you know, I... Yes. I we have I the am, sole reason. Yeah, I am in control of the fact that only 20,000 people live in Ruston uh, when school is in campus, so that or, or classes... When students are on campus, there we go. Um, That is my fault. Sorry, guys. Um, I will work on making the TV market bigger. But yeah, Nathan, I also wanted to mention as well, we will be doing the good old GTPDD contest this season. A little bit different. We're going to transition over to Nathan's model where the questions are the same each week. Um, So that, you know, when you inevitably forget a week, because everyone always does, uh, your answers will just carry over from the previous week. So, you know, but that being said, if you pick the answers for week one and you pick us to lose by 40 to Missouri, uh, <laughs> you might not want to leave those answers for SFA. I'm just saying, right. But we're working on that. That'll be ready for week one. I, I hope. Um, I hope so too. Yeah. I don't know about the pick them. Um, it kind of feels like half the teams left. So I, I don't know if I oh, want to no. do that again. Um, and I know only three of the teams left so far, but if, if y'all feel strongly about the pick them, just let me know and, and we'll try to do it. But, well, we are closing in on the opening game of the season, uh, closing in on you guys arriving in the KC for the festivities. Hell yeah. yeah we got to find a bar or something or some sort of pregame spot to post up in and, uh, and give out some stickers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Columbia? Yeah. yeah. Probably in Columbia, right? I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, I'll do some poking around, see what I can find. But uh, yeah, I think that we're in a couple of days. It'll be two weeks. Yeah, man. I'm excited. It's going to be a great trip. Get to see the boys. You know, we got, we got two KC boys on this, in this group now. Yeah. Uh, There'll be four members of GTPDD together. I can't wait to see the gateway arch. (laughs) What? (laughs) Nathan's not invited anymore. Uh, Yeah, but I, I think uh, tickets are going for as cheap as like $7 right now. And we can sit down and, you know, down pretty close to the field for like 15 bucks. So I'm I'm pretty excited. So, yeah, we'll definitely have to do something in Columbia before this game. If only so I can get rid of these all these stickers that I have still. And they say yep. 2022 in them. So we're they running out of time to give away stickers. Yeah, I, that was a called shot that I give away literally a thousand stickers and I failed. Uh, well, maybe not yet. We'll see y'all in a couple of weeks. Anyway, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. I, uh, as a kind of an off thing that doesn't need to be included in the recording, but um, I get paid tomorrow, so if you guys want to go ahead and cinch up tickets tomorrow, uh, I'm game for it. Pretty bitch starts playing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Matt gets paid and... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I I cash my check and say, Nicki Minaj, I'm the finest bitch out. You feel me?
I'm pretty sure that's your <laughs> weekly tradition at this point, right? I need BOP to cover pretty bitch. That would be. I need <laughs> I need the tubas to go. <laughs> Six kiss bitch. <laughs> God, I need to talk to yeah whoever's running the band the BOP. Uh, I need to find out who that is so I can uh, get Just the do an arrangement and change the name of it to something else, <laughs> and you might be able to get it through. Here's here's uh, what you do: you do the alumni band event for homecoming, where they actually have the alumni people do the halftime show with the rest of the band, but then you swap out all the music folders and put that song in there, and then just kind of like without any rehearsal, everyone starts playing the song on the field during halftime. Oh yeah, I think that's your best chance. I don't Probably. know what instrument to give the melody though. You tripping, bitch! And then uh, the melody, I guess, could be on the trumpets because, of course. And then uh, the little bees ad lib in the background, I guess, could be like the uh, the flutes or the or the woodwinds. I don't know. And then I gotta get little bee himself to show up and rap over it. We are very dumb. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. 